I'm afraid I have to admit that this sermon is not one that I prepared for. I turned up and on the day realised that somehow I had overlooked that I was due to preach. And yet, it was an opportunity to step up and speak from the heart. And so what you will hear is my reading of the Gospel for Pentecost, followed by my sermon, delivered at St Mary's Dis for Pentecost in 2022. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides in you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything, and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're in one of my favorite seasons in the liturgical calendar. I love Easter. It's a great celebration. Christmas is wonderful as well. It has everything that comes with it. But in this cycle of events, we go on a real journey of faith. The spiritual significance is immeasurable. It begins with Ascension Day. Jesus leaving the disciples, having met with them after his resurrection. 
They have encountered him in the locked room. They have seen that he is flesh and blood. No ghost, no joke, the real deal. And yet he goes away to the Father. And I've always viewed this as Jesus stepping out of history into the eternal present. That is, he is at the right hand of God the Father forever, just as close and real to you and me as he has been to the saints throughout the ages. But he does not just abscond and leave us to it. No, as we have just heard, the Father himself will send an advocate, what is sometimes called a paraclete, a helper, the Holy Spirit of truth. This Holy Spirit is so uniquely identified with Jesus and the Father that we worship them together as God Almighty. This Holy Spirit is so uniquely identified with Jesus and the Father that we can't describe the Holy Spirit without describing Jesus or his Father. Indeed, as soon as you look at one, you come to the other. And once you come to the other, you come to the whole. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet this is not an intuitive reality for the disciples in the upper room. Their experience, let us not forget, has been one of fear and trembling. First, they saw that Jesus had died and they hid in their grief. Then they saw him appear to them, spend time with them, and they had to get their heads around an earth-shattering new reality. But Jesus himself lives beyond the grave. And then he goes away once more. In our Acts reading, we find them in the upper room, all together, I have often wondered what happens in those ten days between Jesus appearing in the room and the ascension and the ten days between the ascension and Pentecost. What did they talk about? What did they think about? What did they make of everything? Were they sitting around making plans for what they were going to do or were they feeling lost, bewildered and confused? Ultimately, we don't know. But we do know that as they were waiting, as they were together, in the middle of a silence, the Spirit came like a great rushing wind, and flames of fire appeared upon each other's heads, and they spoke in tongues of languages that they had not already known. And this was no quiet spiritual moment. This was something that was noticeable. We read on a few verses in Acts and we find that there's a crowd outside accusing them of being drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning, making a raucous, causing a commotion, getting attention. We sometimes perhaps feel that that's okay, that's for them. We'll let them have the dramatic moments and we'll be content with our own private faith. We'll be content with the fruits of the Spirit, patience, humility, being a good person. But I said that the ascension is about Jesus stepping into the eternal now. Pentecost 
It's about Jesus coming to each of us in his spirit, dwelling in our hearts, so that we have no excuse not to know the joy of salvation. The disciples spoke in tongues. We're not a church that would call ourselves people who speak in tongues. We don't wave our hands around, as Tony often says. Perhaps maybe it would be fun to get the curate to wave his hands in the middle of singing hymns. Well, that's been part of my tradition in the past. And I have met people who have had very similar experiences of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. One of my good friends, called Laura, was on a trip to Israel. And she is one of the most charismatic, Pentecostal-type people you will meet. And she was praying in tongues, just by herself. And this other girl in church that spoke a different language came up to her and said, How do you know my language? No one here knows my language. My friend was like, well, I don't know your language. What did you hear me say? And they said, I heard you saying, Lord Jesus Christ, you have saved my life. May I glorify your name. Lord Jesus Christ, you have saved my life. May I glorify your name. But she heard it in her own language. I have other friends who have been missionaries to other places where they have had remarkable provisions bestowed upon them in the midst of their need and the needs of the people they were visiting. I have met people who have been healed. I have met people who swear that if God had not been there in that moment, they would not be alive. I was once in a seminar where the lecturer was teaching us about the Holy Spirit and doctrines and questions of church history and what do we believe about the Spirit today. And he told us about a seminar that he had had the year before with a student that I actually met briefly. And apparently in this seminar he just burst out laughing because there was a load of people talking about books they had read about the Holy Spirit, talking about theologians who had said nice things about the Holy Spirit. And yet his experience was that he was struggling, fleeing from a dangerous situation. He and his wife did not have enough food or water. And as they were crossing through this desert, his wife died. And he didn't know what to do. And so he prayed, Lord, I would do anything for you. Lord, help me. A miracle of miracles he turned around and found his wife sitting upright, no longer looking gaunt and thin, but whole and healthy. They got up and they walked out of that desert, and he dedicated the rest of his time to being a man of God. He now leads one of the Pentecostal churches in London and preaches probably with great enthusiasm at this very moment, saying, Hallelujah, hallelujah, for this is what God has done. It's not what we expect when we come here into this church in our middle-class English ways. But we, like the disciples, have come together. We have sat in silence and we have chanted Veni Sancte Spiritus, Come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here, maybe not with tongues on our heads, but certainly in our hearts and in our minds. We experience the Holy Spirit not just as peace and comfort, 
but also as challenge. The flames of fire upon the disciples' heads are the flames of that consuming fire which burns away our sins and leaves us refined like pure gold. So this morning I pray that you will listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. He will comfort you. He will strengthen you. He may also challenge you. And challenge we should because we cannot talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about Jesus. And at the very end, that's what our service is geared towards. We come together to receive the Holy Spirit, to be fed by the Eucharist, and to grow in holiness. But we leave to go out into a world which does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour which does not give glory to our Heavenly Father. We live in a world of children who are lost not knowing their Heavenly Father. So bear that in mind as we come to the end, that yes, we gather here together like the disciples gathered together, but the Holy Spirit sends us out, just as he sent out the disciples Their journeys took them all across the known world, into unknown places, Thomas making it as far as India. They told other people about Jesus. Those people received the Holy Spirit. They told other people about Jesus, and those people received the Holy Spirit. And it went on and on and on throughout the ages, until the body of Christ grew and became the church which it is today. So let us remember that we are here because people had the Holy Spirit and talked about Jesus. Let us be filled and do the same. Amen. Amen.